cannot rule you. Your penis cannot make the rules for your whole entire body. Let's be honest. Anywhere from 3 to 11 inches should not rule a creature who is over 50, I mean 60 inches tall. It's a very minimal amount of space on a human body. It takes not a lot of intelligence. Sometimes it works on its own. It it gets hard for no reason in inappropriate places. Gentlemen, you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about here. You could be just sitting on a bus and for some reason you're not even thinking about nothing. Your stop is next and this motherfucker is working. And you don't want it to be working. And the, the reason I even brought this up is, you know, there were some people this week who definitely their penises got them in trouble. Uh, it's not just their penis. It's also a sickness associated with their penis, but they let the penis become the master and the mind becomes the follower of the master. You have to be in control of your being, your whole being. Uh, if you're a father, your daughter is not hot. She can never be hot in your eyes. You cannot be inappropriate with cousins and aunties and neighbors. If you're married, be loyal to your mate. If you are dating, it's all right to be loyal to the person you're dating with. It's a brief moment in time. I know that you make love for two hours. You're a special human being. But most people, 10, 15 minutes out of their life, a quick thrill, and they get in all kinds of trouble. And with the new rules from the Supreme Court as far as abortions, you have to be very careful of your penis. And you know what? HIV and AIDS should have taught us this lesson. Uh, STDs should have been taught us this lesson. But men are still being ruled. I mean, they're going out and they're murdering women in the streets, walking with their children in strollers. And it's because their penis is overruling the mental capacity of their minds. R. Kelly has been sentenced to 30 years in prison because his penis and his depravity has led him there. Giselle Maxwell has been sentenced to 20 years in prison for her role in those Jeffrey Epstein crimes because she allowed his penis to become her master. Uh, we have uh, this NBA player who allegedly from the Charlotte Hornet beats his woman. This is a week after posting about uh, some lean online. He beats her. I mean, it's also, you know what? The size of my penis rules my mind. It makes me go crazy. Don't forget we have Deshaun Watson on basically NFL trial right now because of the shit that he did that involved his penis. And it goes on and on. We got Vince McMahon being accused of rapes. In 1982, by the first female referee in his company, this Rita Chatterton. So... It's an over and over situation. It never seems to go away since the beginning of time. Men have committed incest against family members because of their penis. And I know it's not just the penis. It's the mental. You have to make the connection between what your penis will and will not make you do. You get it? What is the link between what it will make you do and the control that you have over your loins? The control you have over your mental capacity to say right from wrong, and I'm not led by this member. I'm not led. I'm not guided up the block. I'm not stalking nobody. I'm not going places by I told I, sh I don't belong because I'm excited and it sexually excites me. Penis is just a euphemism in this analogy for what turns you on. And you have to control it. It has to be consenting adults, legal consenting adults who decide to come together for whatever reason in some kind of sexual manner. It can't be one-sided. If it's one-sided, you're automatically wrong. You are violating another human being's rights, another human being's space, another human being's well-being. And we cannot allow this. We need to shame people who live according to these rules. We need to get our, the people out there and say, you know what? You're not an animal. Stop acting on animal instinct alone. Please use some intellect. Find out who rules you. And when you find out who rules you, you can master the ruler. You can become 
the dominant force within your own being. That goes for anything. That goes for alcohol. That goes for drugs. That goes for being physically abusive. You have to be able to control the members of your body with the strongest member of your body, which is your brain, your mind, your intellect, your intelligence. That has to be the dominant force. And anything else that you come close second is your spiritual force. And your spiritual force will never tell you to do the wrong thing. It will guide you down the right path. It will guide you towards being a better human being. And right now, humanity is fucked up. We need to become more human than human. We need to become more human than human. We need to each individual look in the mirror and say to themselves, what kind of human being am I going to be today? Am I going to give people the best of me, the worst of me, the lowest that I can possibly go of me? I mean, it's a joint decision that should be made by all individuals. And I just wanted to get that point across because each and every show, I like to start off with something that makes sense, some matter. If I have nothing to talk about, there's no need in the strange talk with Doc. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. And I refuse to waste your time. And I damn sure refuse to waste my time because we all value those five senses. And I'm calling bullshit on the theory that there are only five senses. Touch, sights, sound, smell, and taste. They are not the only ones. Why do people think that we are so unintelligent that we can't handle the idea that there are more than five senses? And I'm going to talk about some of these senses. You have the sense of time. Think about it. You you know when it's day and night, your body senses time of day. Sometimes you can call out the time of day without looking at your watch, your smartphone, or your tablet. So you have a sense of that. You have a sense of balance. You know when you're teetering, ready to fall. That's a sense. You have a sense of excitement, sexually, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You have a sense of boredom when nothing will excite you, when nothing is moving you. You have a sense of common sense, common sense. You have the sense of right and wrong. You have the sense to reason things out. You have extrasensory perception sometimes, which they call a sixth sense, when you feel dread or doom or danger. You have a sense of space. If you didn't, you would not, people would not be claustrophobic. You have the sense of hot and cold, pressure, pain, itching, and tingling. tingling. You have the sense of thirst. You also have the sense of hunger. Awareness of your body parts. You can feel your toes, your elbows, your knees, your joints, your eyes. I mean, these are senses. Why do they continue to tell us we only have five senses when we have so many more? And I'm sure there's senses that I left off. And if you can think of them and I forgot them, please hit me up and let me know and let me think about some of these senses. But some of these senses are super important, especially the one of danger. The, uh, the sense of hot, the sense of cold, the sense of thirst, the sense of hunger. It's a lot more than just smell, sound, touch, taste. That's just animalistic. And I, I think it's stupid that we teach people this, that we take to this gospel, that this is like the holy Quran of senses. It's not. There's so much more to the human body. There's so much more to man and woman. We're talking about nothing at all. And this ain't about wasting your time talking about just jibber-jabber. So I'm going to ask you a question. What would you sacrifice your life for? Now that you got a second to think about that, let me ask you again. What would you sacrifice your life for? We know that the romantic answers are family, children, husband, wife, that type of thing. But I'm also talking about what is your sacrifice that you were willing to make for your ideals, beliefs, something that you're willing to renounce to get something? How strong is your bond, your promise, your oath, your commitment? Are you a person who does whatever it takes to get by as long as that you are not harming another who's not trying to bring harm to you? Do you make vows in your life so that you succeed 
Are you willing to give up something at all? Say no more so that I can get something else. Now, we have to make sacrifices for our religion. We make sacrifices for our education. We make sacrifices if you want to master a craft. It's very important that you have to give up things. You know, the brightest student who gets the A's all the time, they don't hang out at all the parties. They don't get drunk. They don't do all the things, the social gatherings. Those are sacrifices. A man who comes home and spends time with his family and not always out drinking with the friends is a sacrifice. When you want to get your body in the best shape that it can possibly be in, you're giving up foods and you're dedicating yourself to exercise. That is a sacrifice. But everything, we have to make a pledge and we have to give up something. We have to destroy something in our lives to build new temples in our lives. But you must tear down an old temple to build a new temple. And that's completely honest and upright. And it is something that must be done. If you're not willing to sacrifice anything for anybody, you really have no need to be here on this planet. When your days of sacrifice are over and you have reached perfection, you have transcended this universe, you might as well leave this universe. And I'm not telling anybody to harm themselves. But if you are not willing to give up anything for anybody including yourself and you are a fool and you are beyond what this world has to offer and it's sad now basically the word sacrifice means to suffer loss to give up to renounce to injure or destroy especially for an ideal belief or an end goal and that's what we're talking about here now this is a rhetorical question this is not something that i'm asking you to answer to me but I think you should take five minutes of your life and say, what are the real things? Not the fake romantic thing, but what are the real things that you're willing to sacrifice your life? And to sacrifice your life does not mean lay down your life, but to sacrifice portions of your life for the greater good. And I think that we should all have some. I'm trying to work on building even more into my character. Giving up some things so I can gain other things. If you want to be closer to your maker, there are certain things in your life that if you know they are not within the parameters of what is looked upon you, you have to sacrifice them. You have to lay them down on the altar and you must kill them. And I wish you the very best luck with your sacrifices. It will not be easy. I will not tell you that to sacrifice something that you're comfortable with is going to be easy, but it is a must-be-done situation. And if, and as an adult, we have to think about what should be done, needs to be done, and what has to be done. And we evaluate things by those criterias. What should be done, what needs to be done, and what has to be done. Those have to be parameters that you must guide yourself. You have to have some kind of code. You have to have some kind of faith that your sacrifices will be well worth the sacrifice. And if you can't do that, then get faith in something that makes you believe that. Believe in your heart that if you give up anything that is bad, it will be returned unto you something that is good. And I just wanted to put that bug in your ear because, like I said, if we ain't talking about something, we ain't talking about nothing. Why it's never too early to start a project. And if you start a project, why you should keep grinding, keep hustling no matter what. When you start any project, if it's a personal project, if it's a project for work, it's a project for school, it's a project for life. Period. It's a project that entails a part of your life no matter how big or how small. The first thing you got to do is you got to plan. What is your end goal for this project? Then you start preparing to set the things up to make this project successful because we always want to be successful in any project that we start, right? What's your motivation for starting the project in the first place? Is it because it's financial, you need a grade, or is it something personal that you want to accomplish? 
you need to keep these things in in your mind see this helps with your preparation this helps with how much grind you're going to put how much hustle you're going to put in and starting the project too soon gives you ample opportunity to mess this project up over and over to re-situate yourself to refocus to replan it see People who wait to the very end, they have to run with what they prepare. They don't get the opportunity to go over this time and time again. See, this is just me. This is how I live. I know what underwears, T-shirt, and socks I'm going to wear tomorrow. Everything in my life is planned out beforehand if I can possibly do so. I don't believe in waiting to the last minute or showing up late to anything. If you have some place to be late is 15 minutes early to me. That's just the way I live my life. Everybody can't live like that. Some people like to put on a performance and show up five minutes late so all eyes are on them. Me, I like to be there before the show starts. See, because with these projects, you have to think about it. You have an investment your personal investment, your name is stamped on everything that you do in this life. So make sure that that stamp of approval that you put on something is the very best. See, this gives you options. I mean, it, you, the option is that you're not going to be a guaranteed success in any project you start, no matter if you started five years in advance, it could still fail. But that's why you have to retool. You have to fix. You have to do things to make it successful. I've had a podcast now for five years. And as far as I'm concerned, I do pretty well with my listener numbers. I do horribly. And I'm the first one to admit with my YouTube numbers. Now, there's a thing that I could do to probably bump up my YouTube numbers by going live, letting people see who I am. But I choose not to do that. That is not a part of my that's not an investment that I'm willing to, willing to make. That's not an option that I'm willing to, to look into because I want my anonymity to a certain degree. You see my caricature or my logo, and that's it. I don't really want people walking around and saying, you're a strange talk with Doc guy. No, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking to put out some information this is just a part of my personal hustle. This keeps my mind fresh. This is something that I enjoy doing. But don't think that there's too early to start a project. Put it to you this way. If you go to my website, you will see that I have an end show for 2022, which won't be taped to December 30th. I started setting this thing up in December 30th of 2021, so that I am prepared at the last minute, I don't have to figure out what was the biggest news stories, what was the best music, what was the best sports stories. I have that all listed and logged already. Then I could pick and choose what topics I want to discuss to make that show the very best that I can make it. I just want you to think about this. I want you to think about motivation, Preparation, planning, grinding, hustling, not giving up, starting early, refocusing if you need to, the investment of your time. What do you want the completion of your project to be looked at upon? What are your options to make sure that it's successful? And once again, just because you put in a lot of time, energy, effort, sweat, blood, and tears does not mean that anything is guaranteed success. But is the success that you finished and you finished early in your mind good enough for you? And if it is, then fine. You can run with that. That is not a problem. Just never give up on something that you want. Never quit on something you want because it's not going the direction that you want it to today. You don't know what door opens tomorrow. See, here's the thing. You don't need 5 million viewers. You don't need 10 million listeners. You don't need 5,000 subscribers. You know what you need? You need one right person. One right person who has a key to a door that you cannot get in. Could you imagine your podcast is not beloved or your show is not beloved? Your book is not beloved by anybody, but a publisher, a certain publisher, a certain podcast organization hears you and they say that you're the right fit for their organization and they trump. 
the 5,000. They trump the 10,000 viewers. They're the ones who could put money on the dotted line for you and change your absolute lifetime. It doesn't take 10 million people to change your lifetime. It takes one person, the right person. And if you do something that turns the ear or the eye of that one right person, you will be fine. Just don't give up again. Never quit. Never say that you're wrong. If you feel like you're doing something that comes from a right and righteous place. Before we place, start the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about how podcasting has changed me a little bit over the years. I've been doing this for about five years now. And uh, just to be really short and brief with it, it has made me uh, have different mindsets, become more mindful, change the way that I looked at things. I tried to look at things from a different perspective than I once did. It was very close-minded. But being a podcaster now that I see that I talk to people, people respond back to me. It seems like my opinion to some people matter. Uh, so I I definitely take the time now to look at everything directly from that 360 perspective, not just my angle, but I dig into the issues that I speak about. I keep myself true to what I say. I always believe what I say. That never changes. There's no sellout here. I refuse. That's another thing about podcasting. It has allowed me to be true to myself and know that I will never sell out. I will never put up a clickbait post just to draw people in and then not even deal with the subject matter that I'm talking about or lie. I never gossip. I don't spread rumors. I keep things real. Uh, can all people handle that? No. A lot of people like salacious stuff. A lot of people like stuff that digs into relationships that you have nothing to do with. I don't talk about celebrity relationships here. I don't talk about things like that. It has no concern of mine. It means who's sleeping with who means nothing to me, never has, nor will it ever. Not for any price will I go into that type of thing. But it has also helped me strategize. It has helped me become motivated. It has changed some of my lifestyle habits. Because I game plan, I pay attention to detail at all times. I confirm the story that I'm talking about so that I don't sit here and look like a fool because I do allow myself to be called out. And because I am open to being called out, I'd rather be on the side of correct. I always rather be on the side of right than on the side of wrong. Uh, I spent a lot of time two years ago speaking about Trump. That made me bitter. That made me very angry. And uh, I took a step back from the politics a bit. But if something is going on in my life, the sports world, entertainment world, the news world, I am going to talk about it. If it's something about religion, I don't believe there's any topic off base other than when you are spreading falsehoods, rumors, and gossip. I don't think there's any place anywhere for that kind of behavior. But that's just me. If you feel comfortable doing it and you're blowing me out of the water with your numbers and you feel comfortable cashing a check that comes with no integrity, that's on you. I don't care. That's not my thing. I will remain integrity intact to the day I die. I will keep a code. Uh, podcasting proved to me that my code is strong, that it will remain strong, and that it's not a lie that I've been telling myself all these years that I do abide by a code. It just confirmed a lot of things that I should have already known, but it, I guess it reconfirmed situations and mindsets that I already had. And I will continue to podcast until I no longer find it enjoyable. I don't bitch and moan about short numbers, big numbers. It's all relative to the subject matter. There are some subject matters that I get greater numbers on, other subject matters I get less numbers on. It's what interests the people. It's not, I'm just a vehicle. I talk, but I'm not the ears that always listen. I get emails from all over the world, and I have received emails from all over the world. Trust me when I tell you that, that is not a lie. And it's very humbling that somebody in, say, France or Africa would reach out to me and say, Doc, what's up, man? I just enjoy your show. I appreciate you. 
you know what that does to the soul is uplifting and i appreciate it now we're just going to go on to the normal portion of the show but if you do podcasts and i think that if it does not change you in some way shape or form then i don't know what you're doing it for maybe you're just a comedy show and and it won't change you but when you talk about as many deaths and as many bad situations as i've had to talk about over the last few years cop beatings cop killings uh uh, innocent people lives being lost in mass shootings it's going to change you it is going to make you reevaluate some things about mankind and that's just the reality and why you want to smoke each and every single time now we ain't going to bring this down to the urban definition of wanting to smoke where you're talking about gunfires and being in a war with somebody physically this is the emotional, mental, and spiritual battle of wanting the smoke. The first thing you got to do to be a realist with yourself is look at your life and remember your end. What is going to be the end of you? I don't care if you're a drug addict and you know that you're eventually going to OD. That's something you need to face. If you're an alcoholic, you need to face drinking. If you're a smoker, you need to face lung cancer. If you are a sinner and you believe in a higher power, you must deal with the consequences of a hell if your religion has one. So remember your end. Now where you are standing now, what will be your judgment in? Okay? One to smoke means you're not taking any nonsense. You're not sugarcoating anything. Nothing is sweet. You can give a message in love, but it could be deadly serious. I mean, just you're not a comedian, so don't try to be comedic. Uh, get your point across each and every time. Don't take any shorts. Play zero games. Don't deal with anybody's bullshit. You got to make it your way or make me change my mind. It's going to always be my way or you're going to have to make me change my mind because I'm not afraid of the conflict. You're always at war with something. If you're truly honest with yourself, you're always at war with some kind of conflict that you have that you're at war with. It's trying to take your life. It's trying to take your soul. It's trying to take your peace. It's trying to it's trying to take advantage of you. And these are things that you have to consider. And that's why you want that smoke all the time. You got to always say what you mean and mean what you say. You can be angry at anything, but don't cause it to make you sin. Don't cause it to make you commit a crime. Your anger should not be an emotion that rules you. You should be able to rein it in, figure out why am I angry at this subject matter, think about it rationally, and then handle it from there. Because you do not want the sun to go down on your anger. You can't let it erupt your sleep. You can't let it erupt your your peace of mind. You can't let it erupt everything that goes on with you because it will start affecting your health. You got to know the truth because the truth is what's going to set you free, people. Figure out what is true from what is false. Get some discernment in your life. Do some research. Look into things at a deeper level than just the surface level. Dig deep into everything to find out the truth. Don't take anybody's word for anything. Don't take Doc's word that I'm right about anything that I'm saying. Look deeper. And this is just a bug in your ear to give you a something to look at. Forgive other people. Learn to forgive other people and keep your foot, your foot from evil. Forgiveness is a hard pill to swallow. It is a very hard pill to swallow. People have, might have done you wrong. You might have perceived that people have done you wrong. You might have perceived that people took advantage of you. And the pill of forgiveness is a hard pill to swallow, but that pill also comes with healing. If you can get that pill down and now to truly forgive somebody, you must not only forgive them, but you must also let that thing that you are holding or they did to you go Don't bring it up at future occasions. Don't bring it up. Let it go. Bury that in your safe that you have dug 
your safer secrets that you tuck away. You don't ever have to trust that person again because trust is a spirit, okay? Trust is a spirit. It is a true spirit. Look at your Bible. It is a spirit. Just because you forgive somebody does not mean that you have to ever trust them. And don't trust your emotions. See, when you want that smoke and that smoke comes for you, and if you're going on pure emotions, because like I said, it's a spirit. A spirit is going to move you to do certain things, right? It's going to move you to react in certain manners. And if you have that spirit of truth in you and it coincides with falsehood, it might cause you to do some kind of reaction that you do not want to do. See, now me personally, I will not sit with the deceitful, nor will I associate with hypocrites. I'm going to say that again. I will not sit with the deceitful, nor will I associate with hypocrites. So I try to do the best that I can to make sure that I'm not a hypocrite, that I'm not a fake, that I'm not a phony, and that I am looking for good people in my life who are also looking to handle the smoke when it comes. You can't run away from the smoke. Like, once again, I'm not talking about gunfire. I'm not talking about no urban shit. I am talking about a deep level emotional, spiritual, and psychological warfare that life forces us to play. This is just a term, wanting the smoke. I know where it originated from. I know it originated from a rapper talking about gun battle, but that's not what we're talking about here. You can take something that somebody else said and turn it around and make it into something better for you. And that's what I just did. I hope that you understood me. If you have any problems with what I said, feel free to reach out to me. You know how to get me. I have my website attached to every link on my podcast. And I look forward to hearing from you about something that's very important. Don't lie to yourself. Do not lie to yourself because you will start to believe the lies that you tell yourself. If you are saying that you are trying to do anything, you are bold-faced lying to yourself, and you're going to start believing it. And what's going to happen is tomorrow you're going to be trying, the next day you're going to be trying, two years down the line you're going to be trying, because trying is not starting. There's a difference between trying to make something happen and putting a plan together and starting doing that thing, to literally start doing it. See, now you're living in truth. You are moving towards a goal. You have actually set a plan up. That plan can fail multiple times. You can retweak it. It is not a big deal. But you are doing. I hate when somebody tells me they're trying. The trying just means I'm putting it off. I'm, I'm putting it off to another more convenient time. And here's the thing. There is no such thing as a perfect time to get a plan off the ground. You want to get a plan off the ground? Do it today. Make preparations to do it today. Trying don't even mean that you got shit together. You just, like I said, once again, you're fooling yourself. And I really want you to think about that. Procrastinating is a horrible thing to do. You're walking around like life is guaranteed you some amount of time. Life is not going to guarantee you any longevity. So, You got to break your habitual laziness, settle matters quickly, be motivated, be diligent, no matter what you're working on. I don't care if it's school, work, relationships, spirituality, or goals, because in the long run, you're going to reap what you sow. If you sow nothing, you will reap nothing. You know, I'm going to use an old term that I hate. But it's YOLO. You only live one time, people. You only live once. So make it a lifetime of doing, not trying. Failing is fine. But you know what? People who are failing are actually trying to accomplish something. So at least if they fail, it does not matter. They can start over. They can see what they did wrong. But people who are trying... They already are total failures because nothing is happening. And it's ridiculous to be living a life where absolutely positively nothing is happening. You are wasting precious energy. You're wasting precious breath. 
you were wasting god gave you this opportunity to be here on this earth to accomplish something with it even if you fail a million times it does not matter don't let anybody convince you that being a failure is what it's about because some of the most successful people on earth have failed multiple times you wouldn't have the telephone or the light or a car if those people didn't fail trying to create those things over and over and over again and then eventually they got it right shots that you take are failed medicines over and over and over again uh, i was out there for seven days we're going to get into that trip i'm going to tell you honest non-sponsored i'm not trying to sell you any bullshit reports uh there are a lot of people who do youtube videos and by the end of this video, you'll know the difference between a person who does a YouTube video honestly as a tourist or a person that is being sponsored or brought out by the corporations because they don't have the right to talk bad about the people who are sponsoring them. That's how you know who your ruler is, how you could speak about them. If you must only speak about them in positive manners, even when there's some negativity, then that means they have rule and power over you. I paid for everything I did, so I am free to speak about everything that, that I experienced, good, bad, ugly, and indifferent. And if you want to wait for that portion of the show, just give me five minutes. If you could fast forward five minutes, and by then I'll be done talking about the other things that I would like to discuss real briefly, okay? So I will be back with my Las Vegas 2022 non-sponsored no sellout report trip in just a minute something very clear this is just for me it might not work for you because we're not all built the same so what is a uh, gospel to one person might be garbage to the next and that's just reality and i'm not saying this because i am better than anybody because i treat a homeless person that i'm in discussion in discussion with the same way that I have treated rocket scientists, I've been in discussion with. And yes, I have been in discussion with rocket scientists, neurologists. I've been in discussion with head of law firms. I have got to speak to some of the most intelligent people, doctors, uh, lawyers, all kinds of people in my life, politicians, athletes. And I also have sat down with homeless people. So I don't treat anybody any different until they give me a reason. They must give me just cause to treat them in a manner that's befitting them. What you give is what you get. You give respect, you will be respected. And that's just how I am. So I don't go out of my way to put people in a cast and say that you should be treated this way because you are that. Well, you should be treated this way because you are this. I don't care about your nationality. I don't care about your color. I don't care about your sexual uh, makeup. As long as you're doing something legal, I do not care. So with me being that way, I have never been willing to make a bargain to make a friend or make a bargain to keep a friend. I have not. I've always had a code of conduct. And to me, friendship is one of the the things in this planet that I have yet to be able to figure out, I have no real concept of what a friend is because I really have never had friends. So I don't pretend to be an expert. But see, these are some of the things that I think of. I think of tolerance, generosity, loyalty, humility, honesty, and their worth to you. I think those are some of the cornerstones that would make up a good friend? Are they tolerant with you? Are they generous? And I ain't talking money. I'm talking about with their time, their ear, their mouth, with good, wise, sound, sound advice. Are they loyal to you? Will they keep their word? Will they keep their mouth shut when you tell them something that's the deepest and darkest in your life? Are they humble? Your friendship should also be based around some humility. Just because you happen to land a friend who's a very successful person doesn't mean that you should brag on them. Because that might mean that the only reason that you're with them is because their status. Honesty is the first thing. I mean, it is the hugest thing. Being honest with each other. A friend cannot lie to a friend. A friend will tell hurtful truths. 
A friend will tell you things that you need to know to help you grow, to, to help you get through situations. And a lie will just put you in jail. It will not set you free. And then their worthiness to you. Are they worth the issues, the troubles, the ups and downs that I'm sure that goes with friendships? Are they worth it? Are you worth it? Are you worthy of having a friend? Are you the type of person who can't keep any of these cornerstones so then you don't have the worth to actually have a friend? See, because me, this is just me again. I know that I'm nothing. So I don't deceive myself that I am this special human being. I do not. I'm just me. For whatever that is, I am just me. I am me. I don't try to be you. I don't try to be anybody else. Um, you know what? Your moral values got to link up. If you have different moral values, how can you be a friend? You know, you, you have to have principles. I believe in a code. Friendship is a give or take. So there's no bargainings. I mean, I don't really believe in a give and take. What are you willing to jeopardize to have this person in your life? Are they going to endanger you? Are they going to endanger you? Their lifestyle, is it going to put you in harm's way all the time just to keep a friend? Is that a bargain that you're willing to make? Are you willing to jeopardize your health, your family's health, and your freedoms to keep somebody in your life? Are they moral? Do they have a code of ethics? You know what? Do you compromise your principle to keep anybody in your life? Then you should not do it. You know, you got to determine what items are worth to you. And don't be afraid to walk away if they devalue you in any way, shape, or form. You cannot be devalued in this life. Because if you don't look at the mirror and see a diamond, a shining, one-of-a-kind diamond that was created by God himself, then you need to go back, sit in a dark place, reevaluate yourself, then go back until you can look in that mirror and see that shining diamond. Because that's what you are. You're shining diamond. Sometimes you need to be cleaned, and that's fine. I need to be cleaned all the time. I am not perfect. I am not I am not saying any of this to say that I'm above or below anybody because I'm not taking a step below you either. But I'm not putting myself above anybody. And like I did a show a couple of weeks ago about wanting to smoke. See, some people are willing to make these bargains to make a friend. And they're willing to make these bargains to keep a friend because they can't handle the smoke of being by themselves. They can't take the smoke of going through this life and not having some shoulder to cry on all the time. They don't want to take responsibility. They need somebody to make that walk with them. But everybody ain't built that way. I'm not built that way. I'm not a person who holds hands. I'm not a person who needs a shoulder. I'm not a person who cries to other human beings about my ups and downs. I make it through the best way I can make it through because I am building faith. I'm building up my spirit. I'm building up strength. I'm going to the gym with spirituality. I might not go to the gym as much as I need to physically, but I daily go to the gym with spirituality so that those muscles are built up. And I thank you for sticking with me through this. I hope I hit on enough of these that I give you at least something to think about. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just trying to put a seed in your head so that you could think about maybe there's some of these things that you were doing and that you may need to make some changes. So don't ever bargain to make a friend, nor bargain to keep a friend. You should learn that when you're going to talk about something, make sure it's about something that matters. If not, don't speak at all. And there's a reason I want to actually talk about this subject. Because I think it's, we sometimes speak out of turn. We speak up when we shouldn't. We're silent when we shouldn't be silent. And I say this with all sincere humility. The Strange Talk with Doc podcast has been listened to both in its original version, which was Strange Talk with Ned Boy and Doc, over a million times. If you add in Strange Talk with Doc, with Ned Boy and Doc, and Strange Talk with Doc with just myself over a million times over the course of the different platforms, if you add it all together. Now, I'm not saying that to be arrogant or anything like that. I've been doing this for five years. I mean, I'm somebody that most people have never heard of, but 
a million people have taken or a million different times somebody has downloaded or listened in. So with that being said, I have to use my voice and I have to use not use my voice to say outlandish things, blasphemous things, evil things, stupid things, totally ridiculous things. But I choose to be a person who decides to always say what I consider to be right. I side on the right every single chance I get. I mean, I could be wrong, but I try my best to side on the right. You know, I let you know that many of you are silent listeners and never give me feedback. And I challenge you to correct me if I'm wrong. I challenge you to speak back to me via email, post. I mean, some of you have, so I'm not talking to you. But that means there are a lot of people who listen in silence. Uh, either I'm right on some subjects or I'm wrong on some subjects. Feedback matters to me. You can go to my website. There's always going to be a link there to every on every show, no matter what app you listen on, with a way that you can remember to get back to me. And I'm going to evaluate the positives and the negatives and see if what I'm saying makes sense. Then try to incorporate what you say if it makes more sense than what I've been saying into my life. You understand? I really do need the feedback. I enjoy the feedback. I, I I live for the feedback. I don't ask you to subscribe. I don't ask you to share. I don't ask you to share or anything like that. I don't ask you to even join or friend me on any shape, form, or fashion of social media because that does not matter. But I do like to hear back from the people who do listen in. And there's way too many people who've listened to this program to not match some of the feedback in numbers. So on to the subject. If you're not talking about something that matters, why bother talking at all? You know, there's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. The tongue has power of life and death in it. Do not let any unwholesome things come out of your mouths. Only what will be helpful to building up others according to their needs. Does that not mean cater, placate them, tap them on the back, treat them as babies, but you can build a person up. Let's not forget that if a person hears negative things come towards them, they can remember them and they could change the course of their lives forever. You could be a whispering, shouting voice in their head about a negativity in their life that you have just co-signed and they believe that this is all they are because some people are wired that way. Or you can leave a powerful message that will help lift the person up off of the ground at the lowest point in their life. So your tongue is powerful. So use it to speak. We have to learn to speak for those who can't speak for themselves. We have to learn to speak for those who are destitute. We have to. We There are too many people who are silent and they take beatings in silence. They don't have the strength, the power, the means to fight back. Remember to speak truth. Truth is, uh, talk is not cheap. Talk will cost you the most. And the reason I say that talk will literally cost you the most is because you have now put your word. Word is power. Word brought the world into existence. So when you speak something, it has to be truthful because somebody can call you back up on your lie. Somebody can call you back up on your falsehood. And then that becomes your legacy, a liar, a cheat, a manipulator. You don't want to be those things. You want to be able to be called back and say, you remember that time that you was corrected by X, Y, Z and how much it helped me? Because sometimes we don't even know who we're helping, especially if you're a parent. A parent can never be caught in a lie to their children. Your words mean so much as a parent to your child. Sometimes you don't even think about it. Think about some of the things your mother and your father and your grandparents may have told you when you were young, that you still 
keep into consideration and you still live by those words today. Now, I am not attacking anybody who is an introvert, anybody who speaks out of depression. They speak from a different place. That is a mentality that I am not qualified to speak of because some people are introverts and they don't speak up about anything. Some people speak from a place of depression. Some speak, people speak up from a place, a place where they are. Uh, where their emotions one day are happy, the next day they're sad. And I don't know why this is this particular scientific term is escaping me right now, but it is. I'm human. I'm fallible. I make mistakes. You know what I'm talking about. You, I'm talking about a person who's uber happy. And then five minutes later, they're in the Debbie Downer in the dumps. So they, their speech might have to be guarded by medication their speech might have to be guarded by uh therapy make your words count make your words count i am a person who does not speak often you say how could a dude who does a podcast not speak often believe it or not when i don't have this stupid microphone in my face i'm pretty much silent i speak to my wife i'm a person who believes in being spoke speak when i'm spoken to I don't initiate a lot of conversations. People that know me who listen in, they can say this as gospel. If I like you, you'll know it. But make your words count and then speak them boldly. Don't be ashamed. Don't be shy. Be passionate. Your passions come through when you speak. And if not, shut up. Shut up. Learn to listen. Now, silence speaks loudly. The loudest scream that I have ever heard in my entire life was silence. I was in a dark place. I was in a place of physical damage. And no one said a word to me. Nobody reached out to me for the most part. And that kind of silence screamed at me. That screamed that I knew my place with these particular people. And I'm not angry at them because... I always blame myself for any relationship. I have 50% to do with every relationship that either goes right, either goes wrong, or either falls off the track. So I never blame anybody else for a relationship that I am in. I don't care if it's a co-worker relationship. I don't care if it's a sexual relationship. I don't care if it's a relationship because we've known each other for many years and we're associates. I have everything to do with everything that's going on around me. So finger pointing, I do not do. Okay, we are, have to be held responsible. You must have self-control. You shouldn't call your wife and children and those around you all kinds of words. We know these words. You shouldn't be throwing the C word, the B word, just because you're angry. Have some self-control. Don't let your anxieties take over. Take a deeper look into all subject matters that you are willing to speak up about. Don't think from the surface only. Speak from a deep place, a place of study, a place of knowledge, and your words will be true and they will stand the test of time. Never gossip. Leave that alone. Cut that out of your life completely. Don't spread rumors. Don't be a tattletale. If somebody tells you something in secret, do the very best that you can. As long as there's no children being harmed, um, you know, as long as you're not crossing any lines to keep secrets where somebody was damaged for life that you can now protect because of the secret that was told you, keep it to yourself. Take it to your grave. Give it to your God. Share it with him or her, whatever it is that you need to do. Meditate on it. Pray on it. But don't spread rumors and lies. You have to know your room that you're speaking in. Please watch your audience that you're speaking to. Train yourself to be disciplined enough to know who you're speaking to so you know what words you can say, what you cannot say, what that room might need to hear from you. You might be the teacher. Don't act like the student when you need to be the teacher in that room. Do not be the weak one when you need to be the strong one in that room. Learn to be the ear in that room if that's all you need to be. 
These are things that we can learn to do because if we listen more, we will talk less. You know, irrelevant conversations are of no use. They tear things down, but intelligent conversations build things up. So learn to build things up, leave the tearing down alone. Uh, just be very careful of your manner of speech because you will be judged on the words that come out of your mouth because when you, our time comes, the words of our mouth should reflect the words of our heart. And if the words of our hearts are kind, loving, tender, uplifting, then we will be judged as a kind, loving, tender, uplifting person. But if the words come out of our mouths are evil, deceitful, full of jealousy, malice, and contempt for other people, we will be judged as a contemptible, malice, judgmental, angry individual. And that's not the way to go through life. That is just not the way to go through life. I am not telling you anything that you should do. I'm just planting a seed. From now on, Strange Talk with Doc, I made this clear over a year ago. I have to talk about something every show before I move on to my other subject matters. My other subject matters are not going to be trivial in my eye because I love sports. News happens. Tragedies happen in the world. There's good television is good music and those are things that we talk about here but we also have to talk about something that matters or there is no reason at all to do this anything else is i am good with myself god created me this way and i'm going to get into why i feel this way why you should feel this way why this strength in feeling exactly this way okay first of all it's a mindset right? You have to be good with your own idiosyncrasies, your physical shortcomings. Uh, we all might have something that is a little off with us. We might have a lazy eye. We might have a limp. We might have been born with a stammer or a stutter. We do not control our DNA. We did not control the two people who put us together to make us come onto this planet. And whatever their frailties or strengths may be we had nothing to do with that that was in the hands of the creator the creator put those two people together on that day and that time and allowed that mix of dna cells family genes illnesses strengths and weakness to form you so your heart has to tell you that these things no matter what they may be you may be short you might be bald you might have a lazy eye. None of this should matter to you. You have to come to the realization that inside your weaknesses, you must find strength. Okay? Your life should be based upon some form of faith that things are as they are for a reason. And that nobody can steal your joy. It is a choice to be happy. If you have anger about something that is physically ailing you or physically formed in you, you got to work your way through it. You got to find the strength. Don't look at just what holds you down. Look at what can lift you up and look at what can lift you out. Never be one of those why me people. Why me people are weak. Why me people are people who are looking for excuses outside of themselves. I did a show on why me, why me, why not you? You have the strength within you to maintain whatever has been placed upon your shoulders. So that's why you. That is exactly why you. It was not meant for anybody else. It was meant directly for you. You can be a guiding light to somebody else who is going through something by showing them an ability to overcome. This is the chance to show the world that you can overcome something. I was not born to be the tallest of men. But I have a presence that one of the last things that you notice about me when I'm in a room is look at that short guy over there. That's the last of the things that I'm going to let you remember about me. Because that is not all I am. That does not make up the sum of my parts, my height, 
or my lack thereof height. Either way you look at it. So what? I will never be able to dunk a basketball, but that does not mean that I can't be the strongest person in the room mentally, physically, and emotionally. My height has nothing to do with it. Did it make me unappealing to some people? Yes. Did it make me appealing to other people? Sure. It fit in with the way I was. I was formed to be perfectly this way. I'm one of the shortest people in my entire family. But that doesn't mean anything. So what I stood in the front of the line most times when I was in school meant nothing. And you can't let the things that you think should hold you down mean anything. So what? You have to have the mentality to have some so what? You know, you have to be an example of self-esteem at all times. Like I said, I don't care if you're tall, fat, skinny, light, dark. These are things... These are just things. They don't make who you are. They don't tell who you, your heart is. They don't tell who your soul is. They don't tell what your determination is. They don't tell what your intelligence are. These are just things that people look at from the outside and try to judge you from the inside. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. You have free will. And hopefully in these things called free will, you have faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of those is love. You must remember that. There's no fear in love. Love drives out fear. Love has nothing to do with punishment. You can change your weaknesses. Delight in your weakness. Delight in people insulting you. Delight in your hardships, your persecutions, and your difficulties. Because those are the things that will make you strong. When you at your weakest moment, remember some strengths that drove you through situations. It could have been schools busting your butt and you couldn't seem to get that GPA up, but you bared down, you studied hard, you cut some things out of your life that you needed to cut out and you succeeded. And, and this is just the way it goes. I hope that I'm not preaching to you. I hope that I'm not telling you anything that is harmful to your spirit. But somebody here who's listening to me needs to know that you should be good with yourself, that God created you just as you are, and that the weaknesses that you see are actually strengths waiting to come out that can touch other people's lives. Part of who we are is to be able to touch other people's lives. You know that? You have to think about it this way. But when I was weak, then I became strong. Strength. Strength is within you. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid. Be not discouraged. Your shortcomings. You know, we must learn to forgive so that we can forgive. Be forgiven also. also. And the reason that we need to forgive, we have to forgive ourselves. We have to forgive ourselves of having these shortcomings, these things that we perceive as being weaknesses, these things that we blame our parents for placing upon us. You know what? They didn't have control of their DNA either. They didn't have control of family members being their family either. So as you forgive yourself, Forgive them also because they did not place themselves in the positions that they're in. Sure, everybody would have liked to come from richer. Sure, everybody would have liked to come from smarter. But there is no perfect family to come from. You came from where you came from. You got the DNA. You got the genes. You got the upbringing, upbringing that was meant for you. Sure, for some people, it's going to be a lot more difficult than other people. Some people have what they call quote unquote, the silver spoon. And some people have no damn spoon, not even a plastic spoon at all. And you might've came from the not plastic spoon. You might've came from the government cheese, but that don't mean that you can't be something, that you can't be somebody else. And then when you learn, when you learn to truly say to yourself, I am good with myself because God created me that way, praise should never come from your lips. Do not deceive yourself. You are nothing. Still, at the end of the day, you are going to be nothing in the grand scheme of life. Praise should come from another's lips, not your own mouth. See, a stranger's lips can boast 
of your achievements. But when you boast of your achievements, when you boast of the things that you've accomplished, you've already forgot your purpose. You've already forgot that you are nothing, but you are used as a vehicle to help others. And that's how you become something. When others tell you that you are something, you do not deny them. You do not tell them, no, I am nothing. You say to yourself, I am nothing. This way you do not get, you don't build yourself up. You remain humble. I don't care if I help one person or I help a thousand people. I know it is not me. It is the spirit that it was in me that helps me to do anything that I do. So I don't take credit for that. We should not envy one another. Just because somebody has something you want physically, emotionally, you should not envy them. Don't be boastful about your accomplishments. We shouldn't even be challenging one another. We should be praising one another if we see something that's fit to be praised within that uh, individual. So don't go about life saying this person's prettier, this person's in better shape. You know what? You can get better in better shape. And then you might look better. You can dress better, which might make you feel better. You can have a better job if you study and you have the opportunity set in front of you. And also, if you're willing to actually work hard to make it come through. See, we a lot of people just want things handed to them. And that's why they so dissatisfied with their standings in life. And that means emotional, physical, and spiritual. But they don't want to put in the work. We have to put in the work. When you start putting in the work, those things that are at surface level, they start to fade away. They start to pass each slowly. Each day they pass away from you. They become less and less important. And the things that become more and more important aren't even seen by the naked eye. No human can see them because they lie within. The real character of you lies within. It is not how wavy your hair is. It's not how juicy your ass is. It is not how big your penis is. Those are just things, but they don't measure the real man. They do not measure the real woman. And I hope that this helps somebody. I hope I wasn't convoluted. I hope that I was clear to somebody, at least clear to the person who needed to hear this from me today. And I hope that it helped you because I hope that it helped myself. When I listen back to this, I hope that it helps me also. So we're going to move on to 